This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Justin Morgenstein here once again with you on a Friday morning. It's another edition of Phillies Today. Not much really going on with the Phillies right now, uh, just in terms of their free agency. But, uh, yeah, there's just been absolutely nothing since the Aaron Nola signing. But just when you think, you know, what the hell? Why doesn't the team do anything this offseason? Can we spend some money, please? I actually saw they've spent the second most money in baseball so far this offseason, which is yeah, kind of absurd to think about. Uh, just says something about the market at the moment and, I guess, what this offseason has been like so far around the sport. But... Uh, just last night, as I'm going to bed, I'm like, oh boy, it's going to be some more Yamamoto talk for me, even though I know it's probably not super realistic for the Phillies. I know it was the Yankees and the Dodgers it was down to. I wake up this morning to do the WIP morning show, and I see that Yoshinobu Yamamoto is officially a Los Angeles Dodger. He signs a 12-year, $325 million deal, uh, according to Jeff Passan last night. And yeah, Yamamoto becomes a Dodger, and... You know, it's going to be it's going to be a tough arms race in the National League this year for sure between the Dodgers, the Braves and the Phillies. So going to get into some of that Yamamoto stuff uh, a little bit here, but uh, also going to get into some more potential trade stuff. Uh, I'm also going to do something new. Uh, Also, I always go to a road game during the year, whether it's I've been to City Field a couple of times. I've been in Nats Park. uh, I've been to Dodger Stadium. Just named those three off the top of my head. Camden Yards as well. Uh, and now that the schedule is in the second year of this format where you're playing everyone now, or you go to at least the American League parks every other year. So within a two-year span, you know, every other consecutive year, you're going to be able to visit a stadium that maybe you've never visited before because the Phillies, over the course of you know, every other year, go to every stadium. So I'm going to talk about this year, maybe the top five or just best parks or stadiums that you might want to go visit this year to watch a Phillies game. So I was just looking at the schedule yesterday. I thought it was interesting. We'll get into all of it, but that's after we talk about this Yamamoto thing, baby. I mean, he is just, it was very predictable that he was going to go to the Dodgers, or I thought maybe the Yankees still had a chance there at the end. Uh, the Phillies were one of the, you know, quote, backburner teams that uh, there are poor from Jim Bowden coming out saying that, uh, the Phillies were with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays is one of the teams on the back burner that Yamamoto could potentially sign with. But at the same time, it was probably not the most likely scenario. And uh, the other highest bidders being the Mets and the Giants. But I will say that the Phillies here, I, I respect them for being in the race for Yamamoto a little bit. Because Dave Dombrowski talked about it in his press conference following the season that, you know, Aaron Nola slashed that. First or that second starting pitcher was their priority. And now that they got that deal done, the fact they were still in the race for Yamamoto 
indicates to me that they're not done yet this offseason. And that's when we'll get into trades and stuff. But, look, the Dodgers are going to be tough, I got to say. I mean, obviously the Otani thing is you get the best player in baseball. And, obviously, he can't pitch this year yet. But at the same time, he is going to have a major, major impact for that franchise. But now you bring in Yamamoto, who... After you bring in Glass now, that staff is totally reformed. If you can get Walker Bueller back, uh, I don't know the deal with Arias, but if you even get that top three, you can work from there. I mean, that is probably the best top three in baseball uh, between Bueller, Yamamoto, and uh, who am I forgetting right there? Bueller, Yamamoto, and Glass now, who they just traded for. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the AAV figure was kind of what I thought it was going to be, like just under $30, mil- uh, 30 million a year. Uh, he gets 12 years, 325. And, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Dodgers are they're going to be the favorites in the National League this year. But I got to say, if they don't make the World Series, they don't win the World Series, it's going to be a disappointment of a season. And who better to cause that disappointment than the team that is, you know, bounced a 100-game winner in the last two years, the Atlanta Braves, uh, with the Phils doing that. So uh, I know he wanted to play on the biggest stage. I know he wanted to play under the brightest lights, but. Does he know that out there in L.A.? I mean, they just, I think they leave after the seventh inning. So I uh, i hope that he enjoys his time out there in L.A. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see CBP in October. I'm not worried about that. So, uh, hey, at least I don't have to beat the Yamamoto talk absolutely into the ground next week when I go do the podcast because I feel like I've been talking about Yamamoto for the past month just because there's been so little happening uh, with the Phillies and just with baseball in general. There's been... Very little talk surrounding the Phillies uh, after the Aaron Nola signing. So that is Yamamoto stuff. And, uh, yeah, trade market-wise, now I think the Phillies become bigger players in the potential trade market, especially the starting pitching trade market, because now you're in an arms race with the Brewers, with the Bre- or, excuse me, with the Dodgers and with the Braves. And I got to say, it feels like the Brewers are becoming the next team that everyone is just kind of, like, disgusted with around baseball right now, like, the ownership group out there in Milwaukee just does not shell out big money. It's just they, they don't do it anymore. The biggest contract I saw they've ever given out was the Yelich deal right before 2020. I believe it was just over $200 million. Uh, after he'd gone off those couple of years, won the MVP, it, was, it seemed like him and Bellinger were the two best players in the National League. And I'm wondering if they don't want to pay guys because yeah, they kind of got burned on that deal a little bit. I mean, Yelich has been good. But And he last year had a bounce-back season for sure. I thought he had a really bad 2021 uh, or 2022 bounce back in 23 a little bit. But, like, he's surely not worth the $26 million they're paying him every year until 2029. That is absolutely for sure. But uh, So the Brewers not spending money at all, even though they're, like, fatally competitive year in and year out. Uh, so we're talking about Corbin Burns again being out on the trade market. Uh, I saw Morosi talking about on High Heat on uh, MLB Network that him – and Willie Adamas are getting shopped and uh, could potentially get shipped out of there by the end of the offseason. I've talked about Burns as much as I've talked about Yamamoto on here over the past month. You trade for Corbin Burns, and to me, even with what the Dodgers just did, you're the best staff in baseball, and you put yourself in a legitimate arms race with the Dodgers, with the Braves, in the National League. And look, you could. Uh, I'm not even sure the prospect hall would be that insane given the fact that this is last year arbitration this year and then he's a free agent. Maybe you give up Babel and a younger prospect, maybe you'll, uh, maybe a uh, Gabriel Rinconis type, and that gets it done. I don't know for sure, but bringing someone like Burns in 
just is a phenomenal idea, and it just keeps the juice in this ball club of not having a letdown after the way things ended last year. I would still check in on Cease with the White Sox as well, even though the rumors around him have been you know, quieted down over the past few weeks. Uh, I think he has potential upside for the Phillies as well after coming from the White Sox organization, which you know hasn't produced or hasn't been the most talented organization over the past few years, that's for sure. But just keeping the juice in this organization, keeping the fans excited for the year is really important. And I think getting a starting pitcher of the caliber of a Burns, of a Cease will do that. And hey, it's gonna be it's gonna pay dividends later on, especially in a National League Championship Series like last year, where you have you know pitching depth on your side. That's if the Phillies had one more pitcher, they're winning that series for sure. And look, by the way, I know the Eagles are having their struggles, and people have been plenty miserable about that. But does anyone ever just sit there, space out, and just think, my goodness, how the hell did they lose Game Six and Seven at home? Like. It's actually just always an intrusive thought in my mind. I have no idea how these terrible, awful thoughts come to my mind, but they do. And it just makes me very sad because then I'll see some of the Brave series highlights and think to myself, just, man, that was an incredible time. But it's baseball, I guess. Anyway, off of that sad tangent, uh, aside from Burns, our old buddy Mike Trout, uh, I'm not sure there's going to be any big trade rumors with the Phillies right now. Uh, I will say I'm interested to see what they do bullpen-wise as the offseason goes along here because if they end up doing nothing, I've kind of come to the consensus that I won't be super upset if they don't do anything with the bullpen because at least to me, that would sort of indicate that this front office and the coaching staff especially has a lot of faith in Kirkering and that he could potentially be like the high-leverage righty in this bullpen or even the closer. Uh, the more and more time that goes on, like the more I'm out on Josh Ader. Uh, if they're going to spend, I'd really rather just be for a guy whose you know, velocity isn't dipping and is just clearly past his prime, I think, like or past the peak of his career, I'll say, like Hater, not necessarily his prime. Uh, it kind of just has Papelbon written all over it. But, hey, I mean, that is <laughs> that is our all-time franchise save leader right there. So that is uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with the bullpen, where I'm at with Hater. Uh, I do still think Robert Stevenson's a great option. Uh, you know, I'm always team bring back Hector, so would definitely love Hector, but I just don't think that they go after a bona fide closer. I think that they probably stick with the closer by committee thing they've been doing, or they give Kirkering a shot, which would not be opposed to that for sure. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens there just in terms of the bullpen and just who closes and how that how those roles are kind of divvied out as the uh, season uh, begins. So uh, let's see, other free agent stuff. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, Reese definitely feels like he's either going to the Cubs or Seattle. Uh, it's felt like it's been the Cubs all along, which I think would be just a great fit for Reese, just given how Wrigley's set up uh, with the short left center field and just kind of the makeup of that team right now. It feels like they're on a track to start winning a little bit, and they also have the first base slash DH spot open, uh, assuming that Bellinger is not back there in Chicago. So I would like that role for Reese. I really think that uh, he would – you know, be able to help that team a lot. And I think they can make a playoff push for sure. Like they should have made the postseason last year. And the fact that, hey, that who knows what happens if, you know, who was it in center field? I forget for the Cubs. But, oh, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, Say Suzuki in right field. Catches that ball in Atlanta and the Cubs make the playoffs and the Diamondbacks are a totally different seed. Who knows what happens? But, yeah, the Cubs were that close last year. And uh, there is not a 
single scenario where I won't be watching and rooting for Reese Hoskins next year. Uh, I do think it would also be really cool to see him in Seattle where I know he's really close to home and you know, he'll be on another competitive team where he's playing every day and uh, they have a chance to win out there. And uh, so as someone who likes to live on MLB TV during the summer, I will definitely be tuning into some Reese Hoskins at-bats wherever he might be. Uh, so again, hope Reese gets a nice short-term deal, gets some paid a little bit, and then he can cash in later because you know it sucks that it didn't work out here and that he didn't fit at the end of the day because of Harper emerging at first base and just where the roster is kind of going and uh, Schwarber having to be the DH. And it just, the cards didn't align for Reese Hoskins to come back here. But I will say that I will always be cheering for Reese Hoskins for sure. And uh, just what he did during his tenure, starting with you know getting some of the fan base back excited about baseball again when he was coming up in 17, uh, when he did the home run derby in 18. Of course, the memories from the 2022 playoffs where, I had that unbelievable NLCS. People don't talk about it enough that Bryce Harper hit that home run in the NLCS. Obviously, he was going to win uh, the championship series MVP, but Reese Hoskins, I think of, what, five home runs in that series? I mean, he was just, that was an incredible series from Reese Hoskins, and he easily could have won that MVP just as much as Bryce could have, but obviously Bryce got the big blow, so he took that home. But, yeah, we'll definitely miss me some Reese bombs for sure, and uh, we'll just miss Reese the guy uh, in general. Uh, here in Philly. So uh, also saw our old buddy, Andrew McCutcheon, signed a one-year deal. Stay with the Pirates. Just another good dude. You know, he just he co- he had to come back considering he was sitting on 299 homers. You can't just sit on a milestone like that. No, A-Rod had like 600, I think 96 homers, I believe, and he didn't get to 700. But if you're on 99, that's rough. But I will say, nothing as rough as Didi Gregorius basically being cut from the Phillies last year, or two years ago, when he had 999 career hits and hasn't played a Major League Baseball game since. Like, he's been just uh, playing in, I think, the uh, I think the Caribbean, maybe Dominican, I'm not sure. But uh, with the way Didi was hitting at the start of 2022, like, I'm not sure genuinely how long that hit would have taken. After Girardi got canned, it was probably just a terrible day for Didi, considering... Didi and Ronald Torres were the Girardi guys, and uh, after Girardi was out, it felt like a month after that, you know, Didi was gone and Bryson stopped, became the everyday shortstop, as it should have been. But, uh, yeah, you know, I feel bad for Didi. 999 career hits, that stinks. Like, I mean, can the Oakland A's just sign Didi to a one-game contract and let him get his thousandth hit, please? Like, let's, let's figure this out. Uh, yeah, I don't know how I just got a Ronald Torres reference in there, by the way. But, yeah, that's probably my cue to... Uh, move on here. So I'm actually going to get into the stadium thing right now because I have a buddy that lives in Boston. And so I consider myself to be a pretty big baseball fan, know what's going on across the league and whatnot. And I've just always, ever since I was a kid, found stadiums themselves very fascinating, which I guess is kind of nerdy, but something I've always liked and appreciated. And I've never been to Fenway Park and the Phillies are there this year. And I'm making it my life's mission to go to one of those games, which are in June, so I can check that off my list. And I just have always wanted to go to Fenway. I've felt like I've tried to every summer just for a random game, not even a Phillies game. But now that the Phillies are playing there this summer, I feel like I have no choice and I have a buddy out there. So uh, really, I just have no excuse this year and really just have to. And now with the rules the way they are and just in terms of interleague matchups, switching home sites every other year, the Phillies get to play the Red Sox in Boston this year. So that kind of inspired me to look at some other games 
or you know other series, which includes the London series also, which uh, the Phillies are taking on the Mets over there in England, which uh, is you know the series actually before the Phillies travel to Fenway. Literally, they go from London uh, to Boston in June. So uh, I won't be making both of those, unfortunately. But there are some you know other cool ones I saw here, and uh, at least a few I'd be interested in, and that I thought I'd share uh, just for the upcoming season. So uh, always wanted to go to Petco Park. Phils are there April 26th to the 28th. Uh, I feel like it's a great time to go over there because I feel like the weather is just really good there in the spring. But uh, I want to get to that ballpark. Petco seems so nice. Would be you know, great to bring in some of those 2022 memories. The one where you know the team wins the pennant, not where Blake Snell breaks Bryce Harper's hand uh, there. But <laughs> uh, will say that I just think Petco Park is really cool and uh, the way it's set up over there with the Western Metal Supply Company and uh, it just being kind of an open stadium where there's that park over there in center field and. I just would really like to go see uh, Petco Park one day. Probably not this year, but I feel like that would be a cool trip if somebody would be interested in making like one trip a year and uh, wanted to get it out of the way early. San Diego, it's pretty cool to me. But uh, also, right after that Red Sox series, which kind of stinks because I kind of want to go to this too, and it's so easy. Still might anyway, just because I'm kind of crazy like that. <laughs> uh, but they go to Baltimore right after the Red Sox series, uh, June 14th to the 16th. For a weekend series, which is also cool. Uh, that Orioles series at Citizens Bank Park last summer was pretty fun. I think the O's will be very good again this year. And Camden Yards, I've said I've been, but I want to go back for sure. Super nice. Would totally go again. And uh, it's one of those, I guess it kind of set the tone for the reverse retro ballparks. Uh, with it being kind of the first of its kind. I think that's the right terminology there. And uh, yeah, it's just a great ballpark. Uh, great food. Uh, good vibes all around, and especially with the Orioles being good now and that ballpark being a little more packed, uh, I could see that being a really, really good you know game to try to go to uh, if you're a Phillies fan because there'll definitely be a lot of Phillies fans there. Like, if there was a Phillies-Orioles World Series, that would be – I know I had talked about it a little before the postseason last year that it was a possibility, uh, but the O's getting bounced too. I think that would be one of the most unique series you could – I know that it happened in 83. Of course, I wasn't alive, but – it would be one of those series where it's like you would have Phillies fans absolutely invading Camden Yards uh, for a World Series game, which would be actually wild. And I'd be interested to see how many Orioles fans turned up at CBP because, I mean, there are definitely a, a big fan base down there for sure. And I feel like uh, that would just be really entertaining to watch just in terms of the fans and you know it being so close to proximity. I think it's probably the closest ballpark in proximity to Citizens Bank Park. So, yeah, no, that'd be interesting. And I think that'll be – a fun series to go to if you're looking to, you know, go to a Phillies road game in the summer, but maybe make a day trip out of it, go see Baltimore. So, uh, yeah, I think the Orioles series at Camden Yards could be a fun one to go to this summer as well. Uh, last two I'm going to give you is Cubs in Wrigley during July 4th. Like, that sounds awesome. That would be insane. I've not been to Wrigley either, so I feel like that would just be, like, a really sweet first Wrigley experience. A day game, too, which I know is a Wrigley tradition, uh, but you have the rest of the day to do whatever in Chicago. It's July 4th. Uh, hey, could be going out to see Reese Hoskins, potentially, if he is a Chicago Cub. And uh, we'll say that I feel like if you're going to do the Wrigley experience for the first time, I feel like it's got to be, for at least for me, during a day game because that's just the Wrigley tradition. They start doing night games there, I think, until like the late 80s, early 90s. They were the last team to kind of only do the day games like it was 
way back when. So uh, that would be really cool. And just spend July 4th in Chicago. I think that would be, you could make a great little couple days out of that. So uh, would definitely be interested in that for sure. And the last one I'm going to say is uh, Seattle on August 2nd through the 4th. I feel like the stadium in Seattle, uh, T-Bowl Park, doesn't get enough buzz because looked great during the All-Star game last year. Would be a really fun place to see. I loved, would love to see Seattle too. I've never been on that part of the West Coast. I guess the Northwest have been to California. Uh, but just, uh, especially with that team, too, right now, I think that they're going to have a bounce-back year this year for sure. I know that they you know, had a really good second half of the year last year and just didn't make the postseason because of that you know, slow start they had. But, hey, that could be another Reese Hoskins uh, homecoming ovation game, too. would be really cool to give Hoskins a, uh, a standing ovation on the road or maybe give him his flowers. So, uh, yeah, that would be That'd be pretty cool to do, and I just think that the stadium over there in Seattle is pretty sweet. Go see Julio. Uh, go see that team over there in Seattle because uh, they should be competitive again this year for sure, even though uh, you know they haven't signed anyone really notable yet either. So that's where I'm kind of at with those road games. And, hey, would love to go to a uh, – actually, so I don't know how I would feel about going to a road playoff game. Like, I don't do well in atmospheres where, like, I'm surrounded by – opposing fans cheering against my baseball team. Like, I, if I got presented an opportunity, if the Phillies were the World Series and I wanted, and I got presented an opportunity to go to the World Series, but it's in the opposing stadium, I don't know how quick I'd be to accept. Obviously, if I got offered tickets, I'd accept. But at the same time, like, I just don't do well in those environments. So I'd be interested to say if I'd be into that. But a, a road playoff game, if you win, that would be, like, that's the highest of highs. That's unbelievable. Like, there's nothing like going to a road game when you win. But when you go to, like, a big road game when you lose, man, that sucks. <laughs> that's the worst. Just, I've been on both ends of the spectrum. So, uh, yeah, that that can tend to suck when uh, it doesn't go your way for sure. But on that note, I'm going to wrap things up. Thank you all again for listening to another edition of Phillies today. Uh, Phillies. Let's, let's make some moves this week. Let's, let's get some moves to talk about. I don't have to talk about Yamamoto anymore. I don't have to talk about any of these potential guys. Let's let's make a move this week. Give me something to talk about so we can, you know, stop with the fluff and we can just get back to, you know, some good Phillies baseball here. So, again, would love to talk about some actual moves being made next week. But, regardless, I will be here. Have a great Christmas to all of those who celebrate. Uh, have a great holiday season. And, uh... We'll be back here to talk next week. This has been Justin Morgenstein for the Phillies 24-7 platform, and uh, thank you again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.